This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, right. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about homesteading. Um, basically, I wanted to get into uh, kind of things you needed to look into if you want to live off grid or set up your homestead or, you know, what kind of things when you're looking to buy a homestead property or when you're trying to make your property self-sufficient. You know, if you want to live that self-sufficient lifestyle. And that's really what prepping is, is being able to be in control. And in order to be in control, it really helps if you're able to provide for yourself. And that's really what it comes down to. So that's where people go with that self-sufficient lifestyle and like that. That's why I think it kind of goes hand in hand with being a prepper is when you're self-sufficient, you're not relying on the supply chain for food or for fuel or for heat or for lighting or for security. You know, these are the things that you can do. So what kind of things could we do to make our property more self-sufficient or for picking out a property? What kind of things would we want to make it that we can handle our own needs? So there's a lot of different factors. There's food and security and heat and, you know, electricity and all these different things that we use in our day to day. And sometimes there's alternatives, you know, maybe you don't need electricity in the traditional sense, but you need some kind of way to, you know, create power and and do things. Even if that's horsepower, pulling your plows or whatever, you got to, you know, find a way to make it work for your world. So I wanted to kind of explore some of the things you would need, some of the requirements to be self-sufficient and to maybe be able to point out where you're maybe lacking in your own, you know, areas like, Hey, you know, I don't really have this if the power goes out 
or if the water from the town stops coming, or if I can't go to the grocery store, what happens? You know, let's let's look at where we might have shortcomings in our preps and see how we can make our homestead a little more self-sufficient. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, and let's uh let's see what we got. So let's maybe start with food. That's always a big one when people think self-sufficient. What, what kind of ideas you got there, Kevin? Right. Well, you know, I was actually just talking to the missus this morning about uh <clears throat> about factory farming, you know. Okay. And I love going to the grocery store and getting getting a steak and getting chicken. Yes. But uh, you know, I really don't, you know, if, if you're concerned at all about uh you know, that sort of that sort of thing, I think you could really cut a lot of that out by being self-sufficient, whether it's hunting and gardening or uh, raising your own am- animals, um, you know, there's a lot of options there that I think are probably probably wouldn't hurt anybody to to look into a little bit more than what we're doing. Right. You want to start with uh, hunting real quick? Sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> depending on where you live, there's a lot of options that you know that can can make hunting a lot easier. Um, you know, I don't really support uh, baiting animals. But if you're living out in the middle of nowhere and you've got to rely on that to get your food, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You uh, know, like maybe, I said, it's illegal in a lot of places. But <laughs> not where uh, I live. Thing with trapping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and maybe baiting animals means growing two apple trees in the back of your property that are fair game. You know. Right. Right. Uh, I, I had a uh, a friend of mine that just grew corn in the back edge of his property right and then he would just go out in his back porch whenever he saw something out there and he'd be all set for you know for a couple of months yeah but uh, and that's uh you know the other thing is um when it comes to hunting uh you really can use you can use you know a lot more of the animal than most of us most of us use uh when it comes to skinning and tanning hides and uh all, you know, all sorts of stuff. The Carhartt pants that we wear today, you know, that's, that's, you know, re- was replacing deer skin pants. And that's, you know, deer skin is, is quality leather and it doesn't last forever, but, you know, it definitely works. Yeah. Blankets, whatever, whatever you got to do, you know. Um, there's, yeah, I mean, that's a great way, but there's other ways to get meat too. And obviously don't forget, you know, Hunting isn't just deer. Um, a lot of guys take beer, deer, or sorry, bear, right. and you know, elk, and all these other things we have in the Northwest, and and different things, you know, mule deer and moose and 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 other big impressive animals um, can really add to your you know pounds of meat in the freezer. But even if you're not maybe thinking, you know, a lot of us, you know, we've talked about well. Yeah, but if everybody's desperate, then, you know, all the deer will run, uh, you know, run dry and there won't be any animals left. Well, all right, let's talk about rabbits or things you can grow on your own property. And I think also, you know, don't forget about squirrels and things like that. You know, the deer are going to disappear first, then the more exotics, you know, the rabbits, the deer and the snapping turtles and the whatever. And understanding how to utilize all these different animals Mm -hmm. that are available to you is going to be, you know, a big asset realizing, Hey, I can eat those bullfrogs that are freaking 10 pounds out in my yard. 
I was uh, actually talking to a guy yesterday. Right. He's showing me. He's like, look at what I have at work. And for some reason, the property they have is attracting all these bullfrogs that are all like, you know, seven, eight pounds and, you know, ridiculous. And I'm like, that's insane. You know, he's really? like, yeah, they're like cane ones, toads, huh? you know, they're, he's like, how is it happening? But, you know, there, there's different uh -huh. things you can utilize out there. You know, there's snakes and, and different things that people might get into, but also you can grow your own rabbits and rabbits reproduce really quick. Um, we've talked about it. Uh, that's something I'm actually planning on starting here on, on my new property. Um, is setting up about an acre to make a little rabbit farm. Um, chickens, obviously, we've talked yeah. about. And you know, go ahead. Yeah, let's touch on rabbits for a minute here. Okay. Um, that was, I was just uh, reading up on a guy who uh, started with one male rabbit, two female rabbits. Yeah, that's and he usually... said the first year, those two, those three rabbits produced six hundred pounds of meat. Wow! In one year, that's just from. Crazy just from a, those the offspring right. you know as the, as the grandparents so that is that is crazy i mean 600 pounds a year that's that's probably all the meat you're gonna need yeah i mean and typically we were family, feeding my family two pounds a, yeah and one rabbit a month for mm -hmm. what yeah and he was saying he was selling one rabbit a month as a pet and would that was paying for all the rabbit feed for that entire month not bad you get, so, what, 15, I mean, right 20 there, bucks I mean, rabbit yeah. feed isn't free, but mm -hmm. yeah. If you got land, so, I, mean, I and, don't know. You know rabbit food also, could also be rabbits free. are cute. Yeah. 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 And they make true. like great that's toilet true. paper. Right. I heard uh, that the poop doesn't stick. Goats. No. Goats? They get, they make great, uh, no, rabbits make great, uh, great compost though. We can get into that in a few minutes, but, uh, you know, oh, you meant from their poop straight over your garden, right into the bed anything right. from their poop. I'm not talking about wiping with rabbit. But oh, okay. You can do that. I, I um, heard a joke. Goats. I've always been super excited about goats. My wife, uh, <laughs> my wife is, has refused to allow me to get goats. Uh, she oh, says they I, have evil eyes because the uh, slit goes crosswise. Now the selling point, I think how I won the wife so, over on goats is, uh, fainting goats and i guess they're about 150 right bucks everybody loves fainting goats. goat but you just walk up and they just fall over it's just uh -huh. funny it, that, that's just a winning you know that's a selling feature yeah. for me she's like oh i really want them but they're 150 mm -hmm. bucks and i'm like buy two because they fall over <laughs> it just it, right. it amuses me. worth the entertainment value alone i've never seen this happen so i'd be excited about having one oh they're they're pretty Give it cool a try. just scare the shit out of it clown masks all sorts of stuff i don't really know if they're the type of goats um, that you yeah eat, and, and but... really smart. yeah yeah no goats are, are really really are smart and a milking goat can produce produce a one and a half quarts per day of milk so i mean that's a good bit Goat milk. If you haven't ever tried goat milk and you swear you swear you're not gonna, give it a try, man. It's so worth it. It's it's better than regular milk in all the best milky ways that you can imagine. Cheese, right. everything. Cheese. So they do make good goat cheese. Uh, you know. Right. Right. Um, goats are great for bugging out. Also, they mm. can carry twenty five percent of their own weight. 
and they can be trained to pull a cart behind them and carry even more. I love a goat and a cart. Yeah. But now I'm more, more excited about goats. Yeah, you're yeah. going to have to get the wife The problem with goats that. is... They escape. Yeah. The problem with goats is that... Well, no. I mean, they they do roam around, but they know where they live and they come back. Okay. You know? But um, butchering goats is like the, the most awful shit you could ever have to do. Because okay. you have to, like, gain the goat's trust and, like, creep up on it and pet it and then slit its throat when it's not expecting it. And it's just... Mm. Even the most, like, brutal people I know that do butcher stuff that don't, you know, none of it phases them, they swear off not, you know, butchering goats. They won't do it. So it's just just something you're going to have to deal with if you have a goat. Sometimes or you don't have to kill them. the things you love. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Don't eat them. You can also do that. Yeah. Um, but they have really great meat. You know, they really are delicious. Uh, another great thing for compost, you're saying chickens. I think um, you're supposed to wait a little while on the chicken poop. You know, let it. Yeah, let you, it have let it, you have to compost that in with your compost, right? Right, with time. Um, so that's good. So you have a lot mm -hmm. of food and stuff coming from meat, but you can't live on meat alone. Like you need some roughage or you end up with pooping problems is my understanding. No? Yeah, maybe. Right. That's right. That's right. So let's get into, let's get into gardening. All right. A lot of people get intimidated by gardening, but really it is the simplest shit you can do. You know, yeah, you set the garden up with some good soil and some good boxes in the ground, cut a section out of your lawn. You can do it anywhere. Dig up a shovel full and turn it over and stick your seeds in there. It's not a complicated thing. You know, you can get as crazy as you want with mulch, um, with, with compost, with soil, with fencing it in from, you know, from getting, getting anything, getting in there and eating your, your seed start, you know, your, your seedlings. But, the truth is you can start out easy. You can grow a tomato plant in your backyard in a corner of the yard and not even think about it the rest of the rest of the year until you start pl plucking tomatoes. And, okay. you know, you can go as, as far or as light as you want. I would recommend everybody, no matter where they're at, start with something, anything, you know? I like it. No, that sounds right. I mean, you know, you got to, you know, we talked about this in depth. You know, in other episodes, we've talked about being a gardener and and things like that. And really understanding your soil, your area, your predators. By starting to do it on a small scale, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if something bad happens, I'll start growing. But that's not going to work. Um, I mean, it works to right. an extent, but it takes mm -hmm. time. But there's also a learning curve. And it's so easy when you have the internet as a resource, when you can go to the local, you know, store and buy the right, you know, pest repellent or whatever, figure out what you need and your options or the right tools to cultivate or different things. Learn the hazards to your area now by doing a little bit and then plan on scaling up if you need to, you know, later rather than not doing anything. Um that's something in, and having seeds right, on right. hand and stuff like that is going to be a thing. Um, you know, we discussed about how heirloom seeds, you know, are something you can 
renew and reuse your seeds from season after season. Whereas if you buy GMO seeds, you know, you can make an argument about that's bad and whatever. They do typically grow a lot better and, and easier. But the flip side is you can't reuse those seeds every year. And seeds, they don't, if they're stored properly, they well, can last a while. Yeah, but you're not keeping seeds forever. You know, you're you're lucky to get three years really out of right. seeds. Um, so you know, again, there are other options. You yeah. know, I may no, and I, maybe, you know, I. Good. Yeah, yeah, I I I definitely harvest the seeds every year from most of my plants. The ones that you know, the ones that you can. Yeah, but uh, and I've never don't gone more than two years. Uh, holdings on the seeds, but you really have to, uh, when you do it, you know, you can, it's, you have to keep them dry and you have to keep them dark. You know, you can just put them in an envelope and put them in a drawer. That's, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're fine, but you know, you can, you have to be careful that you don't screw those seeds up. You know, it's, it's a pain in the ass when you do all your planning and then realize nothing's growing after, you know, three weeks and start again from scratch. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that definitely where you miss your window of stuff to get in the ground if you have a shorter growing season and things like that. So definitely something to think about. Um, we definitely have some other episodes where we go, you know, deep into gardening if you guys want to, you know, really have a better understanding. Um, I know my wife is big on reaching out to the local uh, like agriculture uh, things. There's a lot of college things and stuff like that where they'll, you know, cooperatives and things like that, where they'll help you for free and, you know, give you free advice or do free soil testing and kind of tell you what other people in your area are growing or what type of seeds. I know when I was back in New York, um, they had a lot of like seed clubs and I think they were called like Hudson Valley seeds or something like that. But the idea was they would pick strains of tomatoes and, and typical plants, vegetables, whatever, that grew well in our region. And they would take, right. you know, seeds from people who grew locally and they thrive. And if you can find seeds that are local to your area and that thrive in your area, you'll even do better, you know, you'll work again. So maybe look for something like that in your area, your region, you know, seeds, even buying from a seed place that grows them in your region, you know, or your type of soil, that kind of stuff. So you can do a little research. It just depends how involved you want to get. You don't need to get that deep into things, but it's not mm -hmm. a bad place I, to know, start. Even if, you, even if you don't, you know, want to get crazy about it, buying some vegetables and not being a stranger to your local like farm stands and your local, uh, you know, produce stores and things like that. A lot of those people have a lot of knowledge that, you know, that you can get off of them when you're picking out plants and picking out vegetables. Right. So definitely something to consider there. Um, now moving along. So part of uh, having a garden, having a livestock, the next thing kind of logical step is security. Now security can be for the full on apocalypse prepper where you're looking at how to defend your property, which is something you need to take seriously, I think. But also, you need to defend your property against predator, and that might be deer coming in and eating your garden. That could yeah. be coyotes and foxes and wolves coming in and taking your chickens. Um, 
you know, all that stuff. Maybe it's the woodchuck or the groundhog, depending on what you want to call it, um, coming Maybe in and a, eating all your broccoli and your lettuce. You know, it could be any any little critter. And, you know, one of the first steps in security when it comes to that sort of thing is is dogs and cats. You know, I'm not dogs a particular and cats fan are great. of cats. But, I, I mean, you can have outdoor cats that don't come in your house. And that seems like the perfect mix right there, you know? Out, outdoor animals, semi-feral, let them be. You ain't got to pet the cat. No. You know, put a little bit of food and water out for it. And it'll take care of all the mice and all the other nonsense that all the little critters that are getting in your stuff. It'll do the and, killing uh, for you. And those obnoxious little dogs, you know, oh. the rat terriers and shit, they are fantastic at killing those things. You know, I, I can't stand those dogs, but I got one myself and I have no woodchuck problems in my garden because that dog is a little vicious, vicious little monster. It went yeah. down in the uh, last year, it went down in the um, burrow. And chewed up all the baby woodchucks in there. Came out with blood and, and fur hanging out of its mouth, like, you know, wagging its tail. So sometimes those little I'm great. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, if you have small bigger animals like goats and chickens and things, it wouldn't hurt to have a, a bigger size herding dog, you know? Those animals are yeah. really helpful and, and instinctually know how to, you know how to protect things and how to kind of keep them in together and, and keep them in the places they're supposed to be at. You know, they're really instinctually good at that. So when a little bit of training goes a long way with those animals. Right. Uh, now fencing is also an important security for Feature. your gardening. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah. Fence is huge. Fences uh, keep, you know, the bad things out. In theory, you know, woodchucks can climb over some fences. Depends how high. Depends what the, you know, the fencing looks yeah. like. And, uh, but uh, One trick I did with my garden fence is uh, I buried the, the fence about uh, eight inches down. So yes. that's going to keep anything from digging right through it. Right. And on the I did that in fence, New York, yeah. On the top of the fence, it's, it's basically a chicken wire fence. On the top of the fence, I don't have any, like, cross members. Um, because they use those cross members to get up and over top of it. But if the fence like wobbles when they get up there, they're not comfortable enough to go over the top of it generally. So just, just, uh, just takes the right critter. Right. So, um, you know, also you want to have a little bit of security for your stuff, you know, your tools, your equipment. All that stuff uh, is can be very valuable if you use it all the time, and it's hard to get a replacement because of uh, whatever your guys are going through. And you don't want to throw away your effort, you know, your your work, right. and whatever you you spit, save up and buy a four wheeler, or you buy a bunch of rakes and hoes and things. And you know, I know my wife who takes uh, gardening pretty seriously has like seventy dollar hoes and things like that. You know, some of some of the tools are not exactly cheap. Um, you know, but they're efficient and you kind of get your money back, you know, when, when they work properly, you save it in your back and your effort and, you know, having right. tools sharpened and taken care of is another thing, you know, but security. So one of the things I'm doing here is we have, uh, like lighting, uh, my barn has a light, you know, that turns on at night and it's on all night long. Um, that's actually pretty typical where I am. All the houses kind of 
you know, have night lights that are on all night to kind of keep an eye on the field and whatever. Yeah. It's nice to be able to see out. Maybe depending how remote you are, maybe you look into thermal or night vision. You know, yeah. being and able to see things out there. Great, mm -hmm. They have a lot of great um, uh, inexpensive solar lights that you know have come with their own battery setup and just yeah. turn on when the when the sun goes out down. Buildings that are way out. Yep. Um, there's a and, company called Sunforce that does a great job with that. That may be something you want to look into um, as far as the, the solar lighting for, you know, something out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I bought some cheap LEDs for the one that's close and, you know, doesn't. Uh, but, you know, the solar ain't bad either, especially if you live in one of those hot states where the sun's out all the time. You know, it depends if you're covered by trees or whatever, or if you're you know, out, out in nature. So lighting is a great asset. Um, fencing is a great asset for security. Um, just being aware, paying attention, going outside at night, kind of keeping an eye. Now, you know, I know like thermal sounds extreme and whatever, but if you're having problems like coyotes or, you know, hogs coming through and tearing up your garden, you know, wild hogs, people have that kind of stuff these days. Yep it's nice to be able to see what's going on. Um, and maybe a thousand bucks is bet worth not having your garden destroyed. You know, um, you know, you, you pay three grand or two grand or seven grand for a four wheeler to make your life easier. But how easy is it to spend a thousand bucks on a thermal scope for your gun to not have to, uh, go out and, uh, you know, redo your whole garden. Cause a, a bunch of wild hogs got in, and destroyed everything you've been working on for the last, you know, four weeks, six weeks. Right. And, you know, the one great thing, uh, you know, wild hogs really are destructive. You know, that's why I would recommend. Bacon. Yeah, I, that's why I would recommend raising your own pigs. As much as I love bacon, your own pigs are hard to keep. Like, you have to be a pig farmer. That's your job, you know? Yeah. And most, but the good thing about pig, wild pigs is that in most places you can just shoot those fuckers. Nobody cares about them. They're invasive. And most places you can just shoot them and kill them and get free bacon. You know? So, free bacon. Just heads up. If you're in Texas or if you live in any one of those, you know, one of those places, a thermal scope to get those, take those fucking pigs out, worth it 100%. There you go. Or, you know, now they have like 599, 699 night vision scopes from ATN. They're really not that expensive anymore. Um, they come you know, with uh, $5,000 for one of those scopes, right. and that's not the case anymore. Yeah, no, that's it. 599, but you're stuck with the infrared and some other stuff that I don't like. So I kind of am leaning towards the 1300 for the thermal scope. But, uh -huh. you know, decide what's important to you. Um, but night vision, you know, if nothing else, five ninety nine, and you can take care of things that are getting in your critters in the nighttime. That's not a bad way to be. That or buy a twenty dollar right. flashlight. You know, you could go yeah, that there way. You go. There <laughs> Maybe you go. that's the and, other you know, option. Uh, when we're touching on real quick, I wanted to talk about uh, rechargeable batteries. Um, a lot of the time, we haven't gotten into electricity yet, but a lot of the time, um, you know you have time time periods when you can have excess electricity and time periods where you really got to mm -hmm. conserve on those and uh rechargeable batteries are great especially um you know not just the batteries for flashlights and things like that
but uh you know i i got you know i'm kind of a a, a brand whore with dewalt you know and i kind of got on that just because the batteries are so, so versatile and the amount mm -hmm. of stuff you can run off of those batteries um flashlights uh you can recharge up you know power drills power tools radios you know you can get any kind of attachment that those batteries will fit into and run any kind of uh equipment you need to and let me just tell you this uh the big draw about electricity is is the they're replacing a lot of hard work you know yes. cut a board cut 10 boards with a handsaw and cut 10 boards with a skill saw and you'll see that, that electricity there, a, might be cool big, yeah there's a big fucking difference between those two yeah um sorry i didn't mean to get off track there i just wanted you to did touch get on a that little off track yeah um, uh, another you know, we're still talking about security and the first thing i would recommend when it comes to to firearms and and security and living off grid is have a 12 gauge just have one whether yeah you, you know whether you're you love it or hate it have it on the shelf and have you know have different types of you know buckshot birdshot slugs have everything ready to go because it's a really versatile firearm yeah um, actually, I was just talking to somebody uh, recently, and you know, he was saying pretty much any time he's out, he keeps a twelve gauge out with him with a birdshot, or you know, a four ten is probably even the better choice for this type of thing. But because uh, when he's out in the garden or just doing yard work or riding the tractor, digging holes, or he's this guy's usually working on the shooting range or whatever. But you know, whatever he's doing out in the yard, he keeps a shotgun handy. And it's for snakes. Um, his big really? thing is for like copperheads and stuff. And not because he's not smart enough to avoid it and just stay away and whatever, but because of his dogs. And he's like, right. you know, I'd rather kill the dogs snake and whatever. The snakes, yeah. Right. Then that rattle, that rattle doesn't mean shit to them. <laughs> right. They're like, whatever, man, I'll kill you. And yeah. it doesn't always work out. So, you know, that's one more aspect of security that, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, we're afraid the government's coming to get you. It's, hey, I need to take care of my shit. I need to take care of my animals. I need to take care of my little kids. I need to take care of things, you know, people I care about. Well, that's how you do it, you know. Be a problem solver. Plan ahead. If you understand how things work and whatever, it doesn't hurt to have these tools available to you, you know? Right. But now let's talk about, you want to talk about uh, a little bit, uh, talk on uh, tools a little bit before we, uh, or yeah. do you want to? No, tools are great. All right. So when it comes to off-grid living, obviously I just, like I just said, ha having power tools that you can use is a huge step up. Yes. But you're not going to be able to use power tools for everything. And so there are some hand tools that you really should have on hand. Um, first off, I would talk about, I wanted to talk about just digging tools, uh, whether it's for your garden or post hole diggers for your fencing, um, you know, picking a shovel can get a lot of work done. You know, it's hard work. You got, you're going to get blisters, you know, but that's, that's how life works, man. So that's how I just, I just redid the uh, floor in my, uh, in my house and I had mm -hmm. like some tile that was like glued to like Luan or something like that. I think like quarter inch plywood. Right? right. And it was stapled down a thousand places. And basically you needed a big pry bar to pull up this. 
Well, I have the greatest pry bar. It's called Gorilla Bar. It's the company that made it. And it just has the right angles. And it's been great for everything. Well, because I had just moved, I hadn't unpacked the right box and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I found it since, but at the time I couldn't find it and I'm tearing open. What can I use? And I came across a pick and I got to say, I used to pick with the flat getting under uh-huh. there and prying up floor for my whole house. And it saved me a lot of effort if I was doing it with a screwdriver and a hammer or whatever. The idea is right. to have tools available to you, you know, spending and especially you know, I say, oh, go out and buy new and buy $500 worth of tools and whatever. Well, if you have more money than time, that's what you should do. If you have more time than money, maybe hitting yard sales and looking for stuff like that, you can find right. used tools and whatever. But there is a difference between quality tools and not quality tools. So just right. kind of be choosy. And you definitely can find quality tools at a yard sale as well. But be aware of what you're looking for. Or, you know, maybe it's Craigslist or Facebook yard sale or whatever, you know. Yeah, And there's always the right tool for the right job makes a big difference, too. So if you find yourself doing something, you know, something that you, you know, you're frequently doing, don't don't worry about the price tag. Buy the right shit, you know. Buy the right shit for something that you're going to be doing more than once. Yeah. I mean, Um, my experience buying a a $79 axe versus buying a $35 axe brought me mm -hmm. many steps ahead, you know, or buying a steel chainsaw that starts, you know, when I pull it versus buying a Husqvarna chainsaw that starts every fifth time I try and get (laughs) right. You know, that's, that's what you do. Now, some of you might be like, well, I like my Husqvarna. Well, whatever. My fuel lines all rotted and were crap inside in two years and whatever. I thought I was cool buying the farm tough Mm -hmm. one in tractor supply. And instead I spent like a hundred bucks more to buy, you know, instead of spending 200, I spent 300 and the, the steel has lasted me for years and years. And it always starts and I'm not wasting my time on a job. Same thing with a, uh, a, um, weed whacker, you know, but actually I found mm-hmm. I was fighting yep. and fighting on a weed whacker. I ended up buying the same one, same crappy home Depot one, like two years later. Cause I'm like, I just need a new one that works. And, uh, once I started putting in the synthetic oil for the mixed fuel, huge difference mm-hmm. and it lasted a lot longer. So that may yeah. be something, you know, to consider too, but we we've done episodes on tools, but the idea is pick the right stuff for your homestead, you know, pick things that you're going to use. Um, now Kevin yeah. talks about electricity. Are we going to go there? It's or always frustrating to have to. Yeah. 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 It's always frustrating to, um, to have to buy the same tool again. Yes. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, electricity. Right. Um, electricity, you're living off grid. Right. The idea of, of living off grid is that you're not connected to the grid, you know? So that electricity is, is a really useful. Yeah, it is. A, electricity is a really useful um, tool to have in your, in your uh, toolbox. Right. So. It can be a little bit tricky, though. It can be a little bit tricky to make your own. Yes. So um, solar seems to be right now, for most of the off-grid people, solar seems to be the way to go. Um, Less expensive and 
right and easiest to to install easiest to use um i i saw a lot of stuff on wind power and you know that's great and everything but it, it just it's you know, limited areas for the, you the money you're spending it, the return it pay. right um now mm -hmm. right. me from a personal point of view now this isn't true off grid so that's what you got to understand for my situation i choose to have regular power and normal stuff coming from the town for my main supply. However, I do have a backup that is solar that I have set up for, uh, I'm going to work on it a little more. I have little that I can do minimal stuff right now. I plan to do a small amount. Like I, I actually have a pretty cool setup where I have my house that I live in and my property came with an old house from uh, like 1910 or something. That's an old farmhouse that I have that I use kind of use as a shop and storage and like that. I'm basically going to set that house up with solar so that if I was in a situation where I have to rely on myself, I still have solar in function over there, but to a way smaller scale. Um, for the right. electricity and convenience that I love out of life, I use way too much that solar is the right choice for me, but I still mm -hmm. am not going to be stuck and I'll have options if I lost the other where I still can charge batteries and still run tools and still, you know, I have solar on a smaller scale and that's maybe a way to, right. you know, look into it. And we did do a podcast on solar. If that's something, you know, you guys need to look into. We also did one, I think on a gasifier that yeah. there's a lot of cool books out there on different things you can do. I mean, I do have a generator for the short for my main house if the power goes out. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, being off-grid with, with off-grid electricity, a generator is a big deal, uh, even if you're using solar, because, you know, a generator, you might be like, all right, we have to turn the generator on to, you know, run the TV, the washing machine, and and a couple other, you know, little mm -hmm. things like that, the high, high uh, demand items, and then yeah. just run on solar the rest of the week or, you know, right. Uh, you know, the rest of the time, just, just run off of those battery packs. And, uh, you know, another great thing for, uh, for that is, is propane. Obviously you have to have a supply of propane, but propane is, is really versatile. You know, yeah. you can really do a lot with propane that, you know, you think about your propane gr grill and you think about, you know, propane, you know, you can run ovens and, you know, stoves and all, all that sort of stuff, too. But there's a million and one things you can do with propane uh, power. Yeah. No, propane is awesome. Um, having a propane stove extra or at least a grill with a burner on it, you know, something yeah. where you can cook and heat stuff up and, you know, whatever is, you know, I mean, that's something a lot of people don't consider. Uh about two years ago, when I actually left it at the property that I left, um, I'm going to buy another one. Um, Lowe's has a uh, fire pit that I think they call it like the Longhorn or something. It's like 210 bucks. I was just looking at it again today. But it's got the metal grates, so you can actually wood fire cooking right over it. Now, mind you, it's right. probably you know, lead paint from China on those grates that you're cooking your burger in. I mean, I can't yeah. make any guarantees for you. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the time they, uh, the stuff from there has, uh, what is that? The Rufinol, the date rape drug. Okay. So just, 
just feed your wife first, see what happens. And then go from there, and, you know? And then, yeah, then if she's fine, then you can eat. Or maybe you if know? you like your wife, maybe it's the kids that get it first. Yeah. And uh, then you go from nap. there. So, take a little but nap. the idea is, my, my point is not that you need to go buy this. My point is, find a way to cook. Um, right. My, my thing, uh, one of the things I kept holding off on doing before I left New York was that I wanted to have, well, one, I wanted a pond for the backup water. Now, right. we also did an episode on doing your own well so that you can do a shallow well with the hand pump. That's a really right. awesome feature. Being able to do a well, my property actually came with a, uh, they call it a surface well. Um, mm-hmm. Think of, uh, you know, Jack and Joe going up the hill in the bucket, something like that. Right, right. Um, mine has a big cement block on it, but I can move that cement block and, and be Jack and Jill in no time. Um Perfect. The idea. So I have, you know, options like that. And that's actually yeah. not and you my can always well. throw. You can always get rid of bodies and wells. That's a great spot. In New York, the way my ground was, I had so much rock. That's a great idea, Kevin. Sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. want to just slide past that. But uh, so much rock that I actually dug a pond, which digging a pond in rock is not really the smartest idea. I can tell you that now. But Mm-hmm. I still had where I could go out with a five gallon bucket, bring it in and dump it in a toilet tank, you know, right. um, options right. like that, you know, just think of a way that you're going to be able to keep going on, you know, maybe it's yeah. solar in a one ten uh, well pump, yeah. you know, whatever. Ca- I'll tell, tell you what, carrying water sucks. It's, yes. it's it, water is 8.34 uh, pounds per gallon. So five and, gallon bucket of water, is heavy as fuck. Yeah. Planning um, on going to the creek, yeah, up the street is not going to be the option right. in the end of the world because it's going to get dirty fast with people polluting sewer plants not working right, things like that. Know what, where your water is coming from. And if that is your plan, have a way to filter it. But right. anyway, right. go on. Um, You know, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to teach you guys, everybody listening right now, I'm going to teach you how to be a plumber. I'm going to teach you everything oh, you I need like to it. know. Shark bite? Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. So all a plumber needs to know is that water runs downhill, quarter inch on four feet, wash your hands before you eat, and payday's on Friday. Excellent. So you can get yourself a job with all that information right there. Now that sounds right. What if they do payday so, on Tuesday? No. <laughs> that's not how plumbers work buddy okay it's got to be friday for plumbers all right that's right that's right but when you're looking at, at for properties uh you should be looking for lakes streams rivers mm-hmm. springs Love it. Yep. you know a lot of things that people don't talk about when it, we talk about going off grid is choosing a piece of property that has the resources you're going to need whether it's wood for firewood whether it's stone for building stone walls whether it's, you know, access to water. If you can get all three of those things, you know, that's that's it, man. Uh, you I gotta really say, need to have your own resources if you want to live off-grid for a yeah. lot more than just growing vegetables. You're 100%. Now, I will say, I was so sold on a property I looked at, same size as mine. I mean, I have about 14 acres. Um, I saw one that I think was 12 acres, but it had a three-acre pond. And... The resource of having fish and all this stuff, having unlimited water that I control in his mind, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up 
the building was just too small. I couldn't work it with my family. I had to drive an extra 20 minutes to work. I would have drove 20 minutes if the house was right. But, mm -hmm. you know, I ended up the property I got. It's 14 acres completely fenced and, you know, things. The house worked. Having a second house come with it that I could use for guns and cool things. Um, uh -huh. Both properties, I would have been able to do shooting ranges and stuff like that. That's not a problem. The uh, But the fact that then I had a surface well available to me, you know, I was like, all right, I have a water supply. Now, the, I, if I can fish on my own property, I got to say, man, <laughs> I would have been happy for that. But, you know, you get what you get. Uh, you pick and choose the resources and you decide what you can change and what you can make and whatever. Right. Um, basically, the house, even though it was too small, it was in such a condition that it wouldn't have been able, something I could add an addition to. It would have been something I would have had to tear down and start over. And it just wouldn't, it, you know, made sense. So, you know, but having water as a resource is such a huge asset. But find a way, find a solution, you know, just having adequate solar and a, you know, and a well pump that you can do is going to work. You know, if it's a 110 mm -hmm. well pump or, you know, find a solution to get to a 220 well pump. I don't know. And that you know, solution. you know what wind power really does well is, is pump wells. well pumps. Yes. Yep. That is really something that, yeah. that, you know, it, it can, uh, I know in the Midwest, uh, yes. it's, it's normal, you know, when they have intersecting roads there, they, they'll build overpasses and they'll dig a hole next to where the overpass is because everything's so flat there. And they'll use that, that uh, fill to build up the road, the ramp to the overpass on and off. And so they, you, every time you pass an overpass out in the Midwest, there'll be a big pond right next to it. And, uh, nice. you know, one of the great things to, to do with those, uh, with the wind power is to run that pump and you can just continually, whenever the wind blows, continually pump water out of your well into your pond, you okay. know, and always have access for, you know, for your, your yeah. cat, your uh, livestock, or always have access for your water, for your garden. Um, you know, you have to purify that water if you're going to drink it, but you know, water, has a lot of uses when you're living off grid. It's not just for, for washing your ass. Well, but yeah, that's important too, though. Don't forget to wash your ass. <laughs> um, so yeah. the next thing too, like a lot of the wells, like especially wind power and solar where you don't have a consistent all the time, you know, on demand, uh, you know, depending on your battery storage with solar, what people do is they'll have a tank, a holding tank, and they'll pump it up and fill the tank. And then that right. tank will gravity supply your irrigation or your, you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. that's something, you know, you might want to look into if that's, you know, the options where you are. Like I said, I have some other options, you know, maybe if you have the big pond, you don't need to worry about it. But those are things you might want to look into. Now we're actually running kind of long. What, uh, you got any other topics we got to hit here? Or? Uh, I think that covers pretty much everything uh, I wanted to go go into here. Security um, tools, yeah, we got a lot. Gardening, uh, livestock. Yeah, now, obviously, as there's gonna be there's gonna be a million and one mistakes uh, you're gonna make, and it's a lot easier to make it now. Yeah, when you have access to the internet, you have access to you know uh, hardware stores where you can you know get the equipment you right. need to or go buy the roll. 
answer the right. barbed wire or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Having, having access to, to that sort of stuff can, you know, if you, if you set up your own homestead and you have had an unlimited supply of money in the modern age, you could, you could set it up so you could live for, you know, a thousand years there. Yes. But having, having a million dollars and, you know, and needing all the shit after you have access to it, that's a whole different story. Right. So a solution where you can walk into Home Depot and get the right fitting now versus making something later can mean hours or even, you know, it be becoming impossible. You know, that's right. So mm-hmm. just so plan you guys, ahead. Uh, I know, yeah. I know a lot of you guys homestead. There's actually a lot of people that listen to us that, that do homestead. And they're probably screaming at us with, uh, you know, with their own comments, their own ideas, their own what mistakes that they made. Uh, if you're one of those guys, send us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Nice. Uh, I'd and love don't forget to, to uh, mention it in the group on Facebook. Right. And go to the group on Facebook. And even if you're not a homesteader, go to the group on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I, I learn a lot of stuff off that Facebook group. And... Um, I love to see people doing things that I'm not doing, you know, posting about, you know, what they're into and how they do it. I, I, you know, really love that Facebook page. I go on there every day and and check and see what's new. So uh, you can see pictures of the cool silencer I just bought. That's right. That's right. And that new, uh, fancy new truck you got, huh? Yeah. So you can start Ford bashing. Yep. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Love it. All right. Um, all right, so that's that's everything I got. Sounds good. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.